now we're going to be talking to a young man called Riyad Roberts, also known as Youngster. So we're going to be talking to him. He is a hip-hop artist. So although he's been dubbed as Cape Town's hottest new hip-hop force, being recognized is definitely just the beginning for him. So he started his songwriting process at the age of 12 and recorded his first track in that same year. He spent his teenage years absorbing every aspect of the hip-hop industry and has formulated some of the most original lyrical i don't even know how to explain it but but the work that this young man this 24 year old young man is doing is absolutely amazing youngster it's wonderful to have you on the line welcome to night talk yes indeed loveland thank you very much for having me how are you doing i'm good thank you how have you been nice nice no i'm wonderful i'm wonderful life's good you know god is good all the time we have <laughs> to praise awesome. him yeah, I know, mm. that's awesome. Listen, no I'm Youngster, let's jump straight into it. I want to talk about your name. Why did you decide to call yeah. yourself Youngster? Um, well, my official name now is Youngster CPT, you know, so you need to add in that CPT. Sorry, Youngster CPT. <laughs> okay, there you got go, it. There you go. <laughs> but uh, the reason for that is because, you know, I feel like I'm always going to be a student of life. You know, I'm always mm. going to be learning. And um, the name came about where I was always in the company of grown-ups, you know. And even my circle of friends, I was always the youngest, and and I still am, you know. But I at least have a mature demeanor about myself, like I carry myself older. So I'm like an old soul in a young vessel, you can say. So the, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that's what people say about me, you know. They say, oh, yeah. you're like an old guy, you don't like to go out, you don't want to party, all you want to do is sit at home and listen to music and watch more. I'm like, yeah, that's my thing, that's what I enjoy doing, you know. Yeah. So, so I've always been ahead of my time in that sense, but... I know that age is nothing but a number. It just, you know, tells you how long you've been on earth, basically. So, yeah, you know, youngster CPT, but at the end of the day, I'm an old soul. I love no, the classics. That's, that's very cool. That's very cool, youngster. So, youngster, tell me, I mean, where did your interest in, in hip-hop begin? Um, you know, most artists will always have some sort of story of when they heard that first song or that first yeah, rhyme. Yeah, yeah. Where did your interest in hip-hop begin? Well, my mother, she played me a lot of music at the house, you know, she... She was like the the sole reason for me doing this because she she exposed me to to music at a young age. Not hip hop though. She played a lot of house music. That was her favorite genre of music. Mm-hmm. And then every now and again, in between the you know thirty house songs that she'd play, there'd be like this one hip hop song because she also liked hip hop and R and B. And there'd be this one hip hop song that we'd play, and then my ears would like you know pay attention to what was going on inside. <laughs> and then. I, the first song I ever learned to rap was Walt Smith, Men in Black. Okay. <laughs> Walt Smith, Men in, uh, Men in Black. But then um, then I heard like guys like Notorious B.I.G. and Red Man and Method Man. And then I was like, wow, okay, this is not Walt Smith anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, things, are taking, things are taking a turn here, you know. <laughs> and that's when, uh, that's when I really got into it, you know, when I started hearing these other voices and hearing the way they deliver their words. And I was like, wow, I... I would like to learn how to do that. You know, it was so fascinating that they could rhyme and make sense. Right. So, right. so from then, I mean, that's when I caught the bug, the hip hop bug. You know. Oh wow! So, so tell us about your first track that you that you wrote and mm. recorded. You were what, twelve years old when you I did your first track? I was twelve years old. Yeah. What? So, tell us what that was about. The first time I stood in front of a microphone and recorded, like proper mic, and not like a a bedroom. You know, you and your friend, you know, like, yeah, not like that. It was a studio, you know, it was um, a friend of mine I was going to school with. He had lived in the States for a while and um, he learned how to to use like uh, Fruity Loops at a young age or so because he was 12. 
but um, he, his sister was dating a guy from the States, and this guy was, a, was already a rapper, and he was and he was looking for someone to collaborate with, so he, he's, well, you can say his, his brother-in-law, who was my friend from school, told him, yo, there's this boy at school who raps, you know, and he's quite good, you should hear him. So one day my friend came to school and he recorded me on one of those little uh, cassette tapes, <laughs> you know, the ones you hold by your mouth, he recorded yes. me. <laughs> and he took it back to his brother-in-law and told him, like, here's the guy, and the brother said, yeah, no, I like him, bring him, you know, I bring him to the studio when we go record. And just like that, he told me, um, Yo, this is the day we're going to go. This is the beat. Um, this is the time you write from one minute so-and-so until one minute so-and-so. And yeah, it must be 16 bars. That's when I learned how to write a verse. That's when I learned about bars, like how to count music. Mm. So I had to basically learn everything like in one in one day. Wow. I had to figure everything out, you know. So I wrote my first verse, recorded it, and I did it in one take also, which was quite uh, fascinating. But they don't know that I was at home practicing for like eight hours in oh, the murder. Shit you know, figuring out how am I going to do this? You know, I was nervous also. But at the end of the day, I think that that was my my introduction to to the recording process and the writing process, what it's like to be in a real studio, you know. Mm. And um, since then, yeah, I I can say that I, I knew what I wanted to do, like 100%. Mm. I knew I was mm. good at it also because of the reaction I got when I played the song for people. They could like, you know, they couldn't believe it was me. Yeah, my own teacher yeah. couldn't believe it was me. So, I definitely knew this was my calling. Mm-hmm. It's 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 wonderful that you talk about the fact that you know even though you had to learn everything in in one sitting, you had to mm. prepare yourself for hours before that. So I'm assuming yeah. you are one of those youngsters that stood in front of the mirror with your roll on, and then you did your song <laughs> for the mirror. <laughs> oh, most definitely. But but you see, the beautiful thing was because I had a mother who loved music so much. She took it. She took it one step further by like letting me even perform for her friends when they oh, came out. So she would be like, "Oh, look what my son can do!" And then she'd play the song, whatever song it was that I learned the words of, which was like "Pastor, Rhyme, Break Your Neck" or "50 Cent" or whatever it was. And then she'd have me there standing in the lounge on a little chair, and I'd be performing for her friends. So for me, stage fright was never a thing because mm. I'd been mm. a, I'd been around it without me even knowing that that's what she was preparing me for. She she also didn't know. You know, right. she was unconscious to what she was doing. She just thought it was yeah. fun. Yeah. But, um, you know, all these events, when I look back at it now in my life, that is what shaped me to become who I am now. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of speaking of the preparation and the time and all the things that went into you becoming who you are now, tell us some about tell us about some of the things you you write. So, what are the things that your 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 music is about? Your songs are about. What do yeah, you write well, about? Why do you write about it? Well, my content is based on on my life, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel like we all have a different reality and we all have a different perception of what we see as normal, you know, mm-hmm. but to the next person, it might be something extraordinary, mm-hmm. you know. So I always felt like if I just tell my story, like honestly, and not mm-hmm. not diverge from the truth at all and not give any uh, false information, then perhaps I could you know, have the kind of impact that uh, Tupac had on me or that, you know, Slim Shady had on me or that Redman or Snoop Dogg had on me, you know, because I believe that they always gave, you know, themselves uh, very openly. Mm. Mm. So by taking that example from those kinds of artists, I I basically applied the method. I didn't copy them. You know, I didn't try and sound like them or 
you know, try and imitate them when I started rapping, what I did was, it took me a while to learn that I had to apply the method. At first, I wanted to be just like them, you know, but then I realized I'm not them. I'm me. I'm Riyadh, you know. I'm I'm young CPT, so let me talk about what goes on in my environment and what goes on in my life and what I'm going through, the struggles and the trials and the tribulations. And I think that it has definitely helped, like, Cape Town in itself to to also maybe deal with some of the, the social issues and the battles that go on there because when I put it in music, it kind of makes it a bit more lighthearted, even though it's a serious topic. You know, like I could make a song about whatever the case is, gang violence, you know, but I mm. could make it in a rhythm or I could make it with such a chorus that's catchy or beat that's, that's up-tempo and make you dance or something, you know, and you'll forget how serious gang violence really right. is because of right. my song, you know. Mm. But mm. I like to touch on those kinds of subjects that go on in our communities because it's relevant. You know, we live in South Africa. Things are not peaches and cream here. You right. know, the world is right. the world is in a crazy state and there's so much um, that one could write about if you were to, you know, to document all of it. So that's all I'm doing. I'm just basically capturing footage, you know, data capturing, you can say. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, for me, it's all about experience. And and tell me tell me youngster. So in terms of in terms of your writing and your music, what role mm-hmm. does language play? Language yeah. in writing and and doing hip hop. Because <clears throat> I mean, the great thing about hip hop is that it's so flexible. So there's no yes. set formula that okay, no, hip hop no, yes. must sound this way or be this way. Mm, but what mm, is what indeed. is the what is the role that language plays for you? Yeah, well, for me, in like in recent years, like in the last three years, I've been incorporating a lot more of the Cape slang. Mm. You know, and the reason I've been doing it is because, like, when I was rapping in the more American style, people used to compare me to other rappers. They would mm-hmm. say, like, "Oh, you sound a bit like Kendrick," or "Oh, you sound a bit like Drake," or "In this song, you sound like J. Cole." <clears throat> and for me, it was like the most irritating thing ever because yeah, mm-hmm. I am sitting in my room for like two hours <laughs> trying to come up with something original, and you take one listen to it and tell me I sound like this guy. Right. You know? Right. And mm. I was trying to come up with ways to always be different, always be different. And I realized, like, the only way I'm actually going to stand out and be unique is if I incorporate myself with Riyadh from Cape Town, you know? If I if I incorporate him in the music, then nobody will ever be able to compare me to anyone because there is no other Riyadh, you know? Right. So right. then what I started doing was, like, the way, I, the way we speak and the things we used to say at school, the little slang words, the greetings that we had, uh, the words we used to describe, whatever it was, cars, girls, then then I would put that in my music. I'd start using those words. I'd even name the song after them mm, mm. to take it even a step further, you know, and make it like some sort of an anthem that that the people who use those words can be like, wow, he actually made, he actually made a way to put that in a song. We never thought we'd hear that kind of language in a song, yes, you yes. know. And also I like to mix it with proper English grammar as well. So that it doesn't sound like I'm just some street character who's coming off the corner and just, you know, blurting out a bunch of words no one's going to understand. So so I also try and use the proper grammar and proper English so that you can at least see, yo, this guy's educated, but he's also streetwise. There's some knowledge in here from, you know, from other side of life that, mm. that not everybody gets to see that reality, you know. Mm-hmm. So language has always played a big role for me. But like you say, there's no rules in the hip-hop scene, you know. And... And what I've done with the, with the Cape slang, I think, like, it hasn't been done in the last 10 years. I can tell you that now. Like, not, not on this level that I'm doing it, because when you had groups like Prophets of the City and Brasifani Cub, they were spreading more of a social message, you know, about the problems that were going on and the, the things that the youth was facing and the apartheid regime and all that kind of stuff. 
Whereas now we, you know, we're kind of living in more democratic times and thanks to the internet, we can all say what we want now. Mm. So, so for me to be spreading this message, but putting it on these kinds of party tracks, maybe, or like up-tempo songs, like 2016 beats, like you get your trap music, mm. you know, you get your West Coast and DJ Mustard and all that. And then you get me saying those socioeconomic things, the same things that went on back in the days. I'm saying it now again, because sometimes it hasn't changed, you know, but I'm yeah. saying it in a much lighthearted way that, that make people move, you know, they groove mm. to it. But there's a serious message still. That's why I said, like, in the last 10 years, I don't think anybody has done what I'm doing now, and I will continue, most definitely. Mm. You know, I think what's so powerful about what you're saying in terms of the, the role that language plays is that, you know, you said that you're, you're saying things that have been said before, and now you're saying yes. them differently. And I think mm. there's a lot of power in being able to, you know, for lack of a better term, to, to tell your story and to, to communicate your experiences in the language and in the way that you want to, even in the grammar that you want to yeah. use, it's powerful that you're able to use, you know, Cape slang, Cops of Afrikaans, mm. and you throw in mm. proper English there as well, because it, it sort of deconstructs the entire notion of what what <coughs> sounding palatable and what sounding good actually yeah. you know must look like or sound like. So I think that's yeah. a very powerful thing that you're doing. Just to to sort of wrap up the conversation, youngster, I'd like you mm. to maybe just tell us about some of your um, upcoming gigs, where we can find you, yeah. where we can support you, you know, because I think it's important that when you've got platforms like this, we need to find out how we can support each other and sort of Most put definitely. your name out there as well. Most definitely. Well, I'm actually on the way to a gig now this evening in uh, the Val, uh, mm. Transvaal. First time going out there, me and Stilo Magolite. Okay. But uh, my next gig will be next weekend in Cape Town, uh, Rocking the Daisies. So okay. anyone who anyone who doesn't have their tickets, I don't know what you're going to do. Big, bribe, steal, borrow. <laughs> I don't condone stealing, but uh, sometimes you have to do what you have to do. You know, this life is hard. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's where I'm going to be next week. And then from then, I'll, I'll just be in Cape Town. They must just stay in, in contact on the, the Facebook page, the Twitter page, Instagram, Youngster CPT on all pages. Okay. And then, yeah, there'll be be able to stay updated with the moves that we are making.